Hello, welcome to this Wednesday night evening edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, hope you all are doing well. Um, so before we get to today's uh, best moment or yeah of the season, uh, there was some interesting news that came um, from some of the insiders, the NHL insiders from last night with Elliot Friedman. Pierre Lebrun has also been talking about it. Greg, Greg Wajinski of ESPN has been talking about it. Um, also, just before we get into that, um, if you guys absolutely hated my uh, live read of that Earth 2 Penguins Flyers series, um, like I said, please tell me. You know, I may not be doing that ever again considering um, it was just it came up on the fly, but um, I thought it was absolutely hilarious how that series ended. But like I said, um, I know the Penguins will be playing in another two Earth Earth 2 series. Jesus. Um, coming soon, so um, I probably won't be doing anything for that. Um, it probably be against the Capitals, but I just don't want to relive. I don't want to relive that moment, considering that it was just bad. And um, I'm sure many of you guys hated it, but if you didn't hate it, also let me know. But um, anyways, getting back on track. So um, like I said, Greg Wojcicki, Elliot Friedman, they basically um, have said the NHL is not doing the neutral site thing or planning on it. A new plan has basically been brought up to say um there's they're looking at maybe four to six nhl arenas where they can play games this is so far in advance i think it was like june or july i think the report was july um where you know that the pacific teams can play up in i think edmonton was just has been a discussed city the central minnesota has been a discussed city for the metro raleigh down where the hurricanes play has been a discussed city the atlantic apparently has been a tbd but um, I really don't think they would be playing anywhere in Florida if you're considering Florida is just a whack state in general. If you listen to this podcast from the state of Florida, um, thank you so much for doing that. Your state is still very, very weird. Um, Toronto, I really did, wouldn't see that. And then um, Boston, I think Boston's been a big um, hive up there too. It would maybe have to be somewhere like Ottawa, uh, even though they're they're out of it. Maybe Detroit, I, I don't know, but I, I, I have no idea. This is all... It's all very um, fluid. That's probably the best word that I can describe it as. And you know, it's just it's an idea for now. You know, this is they're they're gonna have to see how these next few weeks play out. You know, we all know um, that this, like I said earlier, this is going to be way way in advance. You know, July, August, September, and um, I think like if you're going to do that route and you're going to do the four to six NHL cities where you know it, the coronavirus is is not like like a hot spot there or you know you, you just you have to make sure that there's so much planning that goes into it and just making sure that you know the biggest question you know what if it's player test positive then your whole operation is just destroyed because you know you, you really can't play i mean i don't think they'll be able to play if a player or two or even more actually test positive in this place even though it's uh, considered not a hot spot it's just I don't know. There, there, there's maybe some positives to it, but there's also some negatives to it. The one negative, I think they want to finish out the regular season. I, I really don't think that's possible. You, maybe you can play five to six more regular season games, but I'm sorry. You're, you're not going to get 80-82 game season out of this, especially if this idea is to be done in July, which is um, yeah, th- three months away. I, I can't believe it's July is already three months away. We're almost up to May, folks, considering you know we're almost... Um, well, if you if you if you really think about, I was thinking about late July is three months away, but we're almost to May first, so it's almost two months away to start of July, which is just absolutely boggles my mind. But like I said, um, I think what you would have to do is what I've said on this podcast before with my idea: you should just start the playoffs 
2022 teams, you get the bubble teams in, like the Minnesota Wild, or, you know, the New York Rangers, and um, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the New York Islanders, and um, the Calgary Flames out west. You know, you don't need a team like the Chicago Blackhawks in there, or the Montreal Canadiens. Those teams were just not that good. You know, you should reward the teams that were really, really close to being in the spot. And, you know, just make it a play-in game. And, you know, I, I, I do like the idea of three games a, a day. You know, I mean, there'll be something different. Uh, you know, maybe like a 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m. kind of thing. Though, you know, like I said, you got to make sure everything is sanit- uh, squared away with this that's planning. You know, obviously, there ain't going to be fans for these games. Um, even in a, people where I've seen reports maybe in a limited capacity, there could be a little bit of fans. Guys, there's not going to be any fans at these games. Um, I would be stunned if even 20 fans would be allowed into the games. It's just going to be the players, the staff, the co- like I said, the coaching staff, general managers, and just the equipment staff and all those people, the game day operations for the arena. I think that's enough for the time. But, you know, do I see this happening? Honestly, I'm at the point right now where I don't even think they're going to restart um, the season. I think they're just going to have to punt on it and just get towards next year. Um I mean, I, I'm hopeful that this could work, but, you know, we just, we got to see a lot of progress, guys. You know, there's there's too much at stake right now. Gary Bettman basically said it tonight, uh, best tonight to Ron McClain. And, you know, it's not best, for, it's not it's not often where I'll actually agree with a Gary Bettman quote, considering I'm not one of his biggest fans. But I did like that he said to Ron McClain, this isn't a race, the stakes are too important. Um, that's a really, really good quote from him. You know, it just basically sums it up. Um Right there, he says, yeah, they remain hopeful they can finish the season. He says everything we're going to do will be for the right reasons at the right time. So, I mean, yeah, this is well, 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 well out in advance. I really don't see it happening. But, you know, this this would be, it, it seems realistic that it potentially could happen. It seems probably the best realistic way that it could happen with the three games a day. No fans for NHL cities and arenas where... They're not they're not hot spots where the cases have gone down tremendously to hope uh, to hopefully none at all. That's obviously that's that's what we need. I mean, I think to, to hopefully start this back up. But you know, we're just this is going to be so far in advance. I know I sound like um, I'm on repeat mode here, but you know that's just that's just what's going to take at this point. There was also a report today about potentially the draft still taking place in June. That that would be really really interesting considering um. The teams with the picks, uh, the Pittsburgh traded away their first round pick, you know, for Jason Zucker, the conditional first round pick. What happens with that pick? You know, Jim Rutherford was also quoted this week from the Penguins, basically saying, you know, he's a little bit concerned about that pick they gave up to get Patrick Marlowe. I believe it was, what, a third round pick in the draft for this year? You know, I mean, I mean, what happens with that? You know, there, there's a lot of questions they need to answer for the NHL draft. Uh, if you want to have it in June, I mean, obviously it's going to probably be virtual, like a the NFL draft is going to be this weekend, which can't believe it. the NFL draft starts tomorrow. That kind of kind of crept up on us uh, pretty quick, but you know that's going to be virtual. I'm sure the NHL is going to be monitoring that very closely to see if they can take some of the ideas from that and incorporate it to their own NHL draft, which could which could take place um, d- during the during the summer. But apparently, uh, Pierre LeBron's article in the Athletic, a lot of GMs and executives were pretty against the uh, the June draft, considering um, the season is most likely still going to be delayed at that point. But yeah, there's just going to be a lot, of, like they said, there's just a lot of questions going on with these two ideas with the June draft and the idea for the four NHL cities for the season. Just, you know, they're going to have to monitor this very, very closely during these next few weeks as we now get um, to oh, almost a month and a half. We're getting close. To, it's pretty crazy, guys. We're almost a month and a half in 
to this pause. And um, still, yeah, no answers, just more questions, and that's just how it's going to be um, for the foreseeable future. We probably won't have good enough answers until June, um, maybe even longer. This is just, you know, as long as we just hopefully keep social distancing, it's going to help, and we will get through this. I know that, but I just wanted to share my thoughts on the NHL situation with the idea that they proposed and the same for the NHL draft taking place in June. Um, definitely not in favor of that as it could really screw around, you know, what do you do with the salary cap and, and then the contracts that expire? Obviously, they're not probably not going to expire on June 1st. They're going to probably push back free agency, but still with the picks and all that, you know, what do you do with that? It's just it's just going to be a massive mess. And um, yeah, chaos. You know, I love chaos and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. All right, so for this segment, we're going to continue our best moments, our game of the season um, for this week. You know, of course, we did the, uh, the amazing comeback from the Penguins against the Islanders on Monday, where they came back from three nothing down. They stopped the Islanders' ten game winning streak. Um, they didn't stop their point streak, but the Islanders' point streak was eventually halted at seventeen games. But still, that was a comeback for the ages for the Penguins, just a massive win. And um, we'll continue with another massive win today when they faced the Washington Capitals for the first time. Um, during the season, it was on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, just a fantastic game. Um, that was peak Penguins Capitals hockey. I still think it was super, super weird that these two teams played for the first time on February 3rd. It just, it just never happens. It's a, well over halfway through the season. And you're telling me the Penguins and Capitals had to play each other that late in the season? Uh, it just doesn't happen. You know, there's more than halfway of the season. Don almost had the three quarters mark um, by that point, and the Penguins and Capitals still had four games left to play. Of course, they only get to, to play three, but um, you know it started in typical Penguins Capitals fashion. The Capitals took the lead on a Lars Eller, just a bomb. Um, I remember people were blaming um, Matt Murray for that goal. It was just a rocket of a shot off of a broken play. Um, I really do not understand why uh, people were blaming Matt Murray, but you know Matt Murray has his own haters for whatever reason. And, you know, just to be fair, I, I was harsh on Matt Murray for a bunch of the season when he was struggling. I, I'm not, I don't have, I don't play favorites here. You know, when a player's playing good, I'll tell you guys, as I've done it on this podcast and my article so often, and if a player plays like shit, I'll also say it. I don't play, I don't play favorites here. That's just weird. But um, the Penguins are actually able to score, um, and answer, score, whatever you want to say right after with a Sam Lafferty goal, which I will play for you guys right here. Just a, Beautiful shot, uh, top shelf uh, pass Braden Holpe. Here it is. Sam Lafferty brought it in and shot and scores! It's tied! And of course that comes, I think it was right after his call-up. <laughs> I, think, I think there was another injury that the Penguins had. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and remember. But um, yeah, he scores and it was his first taste of Penguins Capitals. He gets his first goal in however many games, just a monster goal coming off that um, Eller goal against Matt Murray. And um, that's right, it was Ilya Samsonov in net, not um, Braden Holpe. Uh, it was, I always, that that was, I think, the one thing that I forget from this game. It was Braden Holpe was not in net. And, you know, there's not many often times during this last decade that you can say that Braden Holpe was not in net for a Penguins-Capitals game. But this was one of them. This came when Braden Holpe was really, really struggling. Um, for the Capitals, and um, I think everyone knows that Braden Holpe probably will not be back for the Capitals um, when free agency starts. When, when if it's like past July, November, or who, who knows at this point? Because he's he was just being he was just um, really really bad. But I think this game it was just other than you know we'll, we'll play more of the Penguins goals from this game. But um, it was just the Penguins I thought dominated the play 
um, for the first two periods. And, you know, they do that quite often, I think, against the Capitals. And then you always have that late Capitals surge in the third period where they take over a period and then it's just shot after shot after shot. You know, the 2017 series between those two teams, it, it's not quite to that level where the Penguins would dominate two periods in a row against the Capitals. How I thought they were honestly dominated against them for most of that series. The Penguins were just so opportunistic, but there would be times where the Penguins were dominant in that series, but then it would just be wave after wave after wave of the Capitals just coming at them and at them, and it was just ridiculous. I still can't believe Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head that series. He was just um, absolutely unbelievable, but to get back to this game, the second goal for this game came just just a few uh, minutes later, just a, a beautiful pass from Gino as I will play this clip for you guys here. Um, this was the second goal of the game and then John Marino was able to work his magic with a gorgeous uh, pass as well. Here is Malkin dropping it off. Marino brings it on. Marino with a shot! Score! Out of a netball scramble or a combination across. Yeah, it looked like he... So it just John Marino, just an excellent rookie season. Yeah, he did. He finally did a um an, an interview with uh, I think the Pens Inside Scoop and a bunch of the Penguins media yesterday. He was talking about his season. Um, we may get to that later in this episode, but um, just a nice um almost like a no look pass by Malkin. Marino was just so patient with the puck as he was all season. Fires it to the net. Hornquist is doing uh, right in front of the net where he's doing his usual business and just puts it past. Samsonov. It's always fun to see Patrick Hornquist score against the Capitals because their fans just get um, annoyed by his presence. You know, I've always, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast before, but when I always think of Patrick Hornquist in front of the net, he just he reminds me so much of a Tomas Holmstrom kind of um, guy. He just, he reminds me so much of him. Just the way Holmstrom pissed off everyone in front of the net. It was really just a sight to behold with it. And just that goal was just evidence of that. You know, I think the Capitals were really were a little pissed off. Hornquist was doing his thing. But, you know, I think every team just gets pissed off with him. But um, just a really nice pass by Marino, man. I, this this hiatus really, really stinks because I, I do want I did want to see more of John Marino. But also the good part is that um, this gives his more injury more time to heal. He did say in his interview yesterday, um, I guess we'll talk about it now a little bit, that um, if they were able to play right now, he would not be uh, wearing the uh, full face mask, which uh, I think any player would tell you that they do not like wearing that. You know, I know you have to wear that when you're a little kid playing in you know, peewee bantam hockey, you know, all the way up through college, but you know, then it's not really required. Um, after that, I think any player would tell you that they prefer not wearing the um, the full um, face mask. I know when I played, I didn't like it. But, um, you know, to get back to the game here, the Penguins would score again um, in the second period, just to, almost off a little bit of a broken play. I'll play for you guys right here. Behind, punched on by Carlson. And right around in front of Jim Starr! It's Simone! And the Penguins have made it 3-1. to one. It, like, it, just, it was pretty funny. It just Crosby just fires it to the net. It comes right out. Um, the Capitol, I think, player had a stick on it, and then it goes right to Simone, and he just fires it um, five-hole on Samsonov to make it 3-1. And, you know, always great to see Dominic Simone on the scoreboard. But, um, you know, this game, it, you know, it just like a, it just it really, really took off in the third period as it was just wave after wave of Capitals chances. Matt Murray just standing on his head. And, you know, this was such a massive start for Matt Murray because – this was this was one of his prove-it games. You know, Mike Sullivan, he goes to him in the big game, the first game against the Capitals this season, basically saying, hey, you've been my guy in two massive playoff runs. I'm going to go to you here. I know you've struggled a lot. I'm going to go to you here, and you need to do what you need to do. 
and he, he he did it. I mean, I know Kuznetsov was able to score to make it um, three to two uh, in the third period. I think it was six minutes um, into it. But you know, the game was really sealed um, off of this outstanding, awesome Brandon Tanov goal, which I will play right here. Battles there. Aston Reese able to step free with it. Jostle back off. It came on out to Tanov. It got the end. This was coming off, like I said, just waves of capital chances late in the game. And then Brandon Tanev, it, it almost reminds me of, I think, the goal from the 2009 series between these two teams where Semyon Varlamov like, lost the puck in the air. It goes off like part of his glove and in the net. This was what it almost looked like, except it was only from about 10, 15 feet out. Samsonov, I think, he just literally lost the puck in midair. And it just he flubbed one in, as Doc Emmerich said, to make it 4-2. Um, to two. Marzell was able to have another gorgeous goal to make it 4-3, and then, you know, that was just all she wrote. But, yeah, man, that game was just so much fun. You know, I think that was also the game I do remember where Sidney Crosby grabbed TJ Oshie's stick on the bench and was just making a meme out of himself. Um, always, you know, it's always fun when um, a player likes to mess with TJ Oshie. I know some people are, like, a little, you know, Sid was just, you know, Sid trolls. You know, Crosby just likes to do that, I guess, at times. And, you know, I know that probably – doesn't help his reputation, as some like to say, but you know what, it was funny. But, you know, Matt Murray just making save after save, and, you know, Ilya Samsonov was just marvelous in that game, too. The Penguins had a lot of chances, as did the Capitals, and, you know, that game could have been a lot of more high-scoring if both goaltenders just weren't um, spectacular, I thought. But, yeah, just one of the games of the year for the Penguins, one of the wins of the year. Um, you could tell how much it meant to them with, with all the celebrations after the goal, when it cut to the bench for the fourth goal, um, the players were hugging and, you know, just celebrating as if they won a playoff game. And, you know, that's what those kind of games are late in the season. February, you're only a couple months away from Stanley Cup, are they Stanley Cup playoffs, though I know, um, of course, they weren't. They didn't happen uh, this season and probably won't happen um, until next season at the earliest. But still, just really, really great game. You know, I love when these two teams get together. And, um, you know, if, there are, if there's a playoffs at some point this year, maybe we'll get that. But, you know, if not, I'm sure we'll see them um back in action for next season um, when um, hopefully the, hopefully this um, pandemic um, allows it so we can get um, some sports back. But yeah, we'll have another moment coming this Friday, but this is the, these two moments so far, the Islanders come back and the, um, the Capitals Penguins uh, game have been my two uh, biggest moments of the season. I thought, all right, so we're back here. Um, also, just wanted to put this out here. It is was not the game was not February third. It was February second. Yes, I'm dumb. I cannot read. Um, I actually did not have my glasses on for that, so I apologize. But yes, Super Bowl Sunday was February second, not February third. Um, just wanted to put that out there. You know, I'm just a massive moron. But for this last segment, um, I did see for the Penguins they were putting out they were playing tonight the Stanley Cup Final Game Six game between the Penguins and the Sharks. Um, they were playing. Um, I retweeted the clip that had Crystal Tang's just absolutely the shift of his life when they made it two to one, the game winning goal, of course, in the Stanley Cup final to win in the Stanley Cup in 2016. Um, you know, I even tweeted about that tonight. You know, that was that was the not only the game of Crystal Tang's life playing career, you know, just that was this the the year of his life, man. That was just when Crystal Tang was on top, when he was so dominant. It was just an absolute menace under Mike Sullivan. I still hate that he was not a Norris finalist that season. I thought he 100% deserved it with how he was just dominant at both ends of the rink. I know he was he missed a little bit of time 
earlier in that season, and then he he would, was suspended for the game four playoff game against the Capitals after a um, a bad hit on one of the Capitals players. And yes, I do remember it was um, it was suspendable. But um, I love that the Penguins are doing this, and you know they get to go down memory lane and um, just basically live tweet the game six. You know that. That Chris Tangle, man, it's just, I remember being in the car for my graduation for that. Well, coming back from my high school graduation. Yeah, that actually occurred on my high school graduation night. And I remember listening to it and on the radio and, you know, the car just went berserk with my mom and I. And it was just, you know, I was able to come home for the third period, watch that while just basically almost shitting a brick, <laughs> I would say. Just absolutely marvelous. Um I, I can't say enough great things about that Stanley Cup run, man, because it was just, it was one to remember, you know, like this, that, that Chris Letang um, goal. And like I just said, like I said before, his whole run was just magnificent. You know, I, if it, I, I know Sidney Crosby got the con Smythe, but, um, I, and I would have given it to Phil Kessel, but I think Chris Letang would have, if he, they would have given it to Chris Letang, I would not have been mad. I think he a hundred percent deserved it if it didn't go to Phil Kessel. Um, I think my order would have gone Kessel, Latang, Crosby, um, hell, maybe even Matt Murray, but um, I know Crosby was also very dominant that one too. But just, um, yeah, uh, that's really all I can say about that. It's absolutely still insane to this day that the Sharks were held, I think, to below what three shots overall in that third period. That Penguins one-two-two neutral zone trap was just suffocating, just absolutely suffocating the Sharks. I think. It was, yeah, like I said, it was below three. I think it was only around one or two. I, I know they I know they had at least one shot, but it was, I think it was very, very late in the period. The Sharks were just not, they were barely even getting into the offensive zone. Um, it was just basically one and done. Um, I absolutely loved how the Penguins were playing defensively that run. And, you know, it just, when I was watching that third period, I was just like, you know, there's no way they're losing this game. Like, There's no way no one is slipping behind the Penguins defense here with the way they are neutral zone trapping them. You know, that's just that's the Penguins' blueprint for when they want to play defense, and I, I know Mike Sullivan uh, knows that too, especially with the, the unit they have now. Even though the unit is not the same, but um, I think that will wrap up this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, appreciate you guys still tuning in during um, this pandemic and everything what's going on. Um, I, trust me, I really, really do. You guys t- take time out of your day to listen to me blabber about anything for twenty minutes, um, usually, and I, mostly when I just embarrass myself. Well, sometimes I have some cool things to say, but a lot of times I just embarrass myself. But um, like I said, I, I really, really do appreciate it. You guys really do mean the world to me that you guys listen to this podcast. Um, you know, we'll have another moment coming on Friday. Um, I think I have an idea of what I'm going to do for it. There's there's, there's really some really, really good options for it. But um, we will talk to you all then. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Keep staying safe. Keep practicing social distancing. And, you know, we will we will get through this together. Um, like I said, hope you guys enjoy this episode. And we will be back with you on Friday for another episode. All right. Talk to you guys then.